This is Reverend Joseph Caesar, and welcome to the Good News Program. I am truly blessed and honored to be called by God to be his servant to spread the good news of salvation to you all. You have done the right thing. Don't change the channel. You are not here by chance, but by divine guidance. And blessings. Thank you again. This is Reverend Caesar bringing you the Christmas message. I'll be taking it from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. I pray this message would be a blessing to you as it would be a blessing to me. This is what the, the Bible talk about. The year of the Lord's favor. Yes, the year of the Lord's favor. In Isaiah chapter 61, it says, Out of the mouth of the Messiah, what the Messiah will do. The empowerment of the Messiah's ministry. This is good news. This is good news to the good news collaborating with good news. Good news. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Here, Isaiah prophetically speaks for the Messiah, and the Messiah announces that he is blessed and empowered by the Spirit of the Lord God. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, 22, 22, Jesus spoke in the synagogue of Nazareth, his hometown. He opened up the scroll to Isaiah chapter 61. And he read, or oh, he perhaps an assigned reading perhaps chosen by him, and read from the beginning of the chapter through the first line of verse 2. When he sat down, he simply said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is the person described in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 3. And he is the one, the spirit of the living God is upon me. He is the one the spirit of the Lord is upon. Yeah. If Jesus, the Son of God, and God the Son, 
perfect in both his deity and humanity needed the spirit of the Lord God, how much more do we? How much? If they need that, how much more do we? Because the Lord has anointed me. This identifies the speaker as the Messiah. Because Messiah means anointed one. Passages such as 4 Samuel chapter 2 verse 10 refer to the Messiah as his anointed. The word anoint means to rub or sprinkle on, apply an ungent ointment or oily liquid to the person in the Old Testament were often literally anointed with oil. For example, priests were anointed with their special service to the Lord in Exodus chapter 28 verse 41 literal oil would be applied but as a sign of the Holy Spirit upon their lives and service the oil on the head was only the outward representation of the real spirit walking on inside of them. As Christians under the new covenant, we also have an anointing. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. In 1 John 2.20, in the New Testament sense, anointing has the idea of being filled with and blessed by the Holy Spirit. This is something that is the common property of all Christians, but something we can and should become more submitted and responsive to. Well, let's go to the, the ministry of the Messiah. The ministry of the Messiah was to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the, of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. 
to console who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Yes, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified to preach good tidings to the poor. The Messiah announces that he is here to heal the damage that sin brings, sin has done great damage to. So there needs to be a great work of redemption on them. He has sent me because sin impoverishes. He will preach good tidings to the poor. Because sin breaks hearts, he will heal brokenhearted. Because sin makes captives, he will proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Because sin oppresses, he will proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He has sent me, he says, because sin is a crime that must be avenged at all costs. He will proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. Significantly, Jesus stopped reading before his sentence. He stopped in the middle of the prophecy because he proclaimed that they of vengeance of our God is relevant to his second coming, not to his first. Not to his first, he said. The comma in year of the Lord and the day of vengeance had stood for almost 2,000 years. This shows us something of the nature of biblical prophecy. It may shift gears, who knows, and time frames quickly and without warning. We can compare a holy year of grace to a single day of vengeance. Oh, yeah. He has sent me because sin brings grief. He will comfort all who mourn. The extent of the comfort and restoration is beautifully described. Instead of the ashes of mourning, he gives his people beauty. Instead of the mourning itself, 
He gives his people the oil of joy. Instead of the spirit of heaviness, he gives his people the garment of praise. Why do we sit in the ashes? Why do we mourn? Why do we indulge in the spirit of heaviness when Jesus gives us something so much better? The word beauty has in mind a beautiful crown of heavy ornament. It is translated exquisite hats in Exodus chapter 39 verse 28 and in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 20 in mourning in mourning ashes would be cast upon the head in 2nd Samuel chapter 13 verse 19 here the ashes are replaced with a beautiful crown that they may be called trees of righteousness the restored place of God's people is glorious they are a strong beautiful and useful as trees and trees of righteousness at that most wonderfully when people look at the trees they see they are the planting of the Lord so let's ask this what God's people will do God's people will rebuild what is ruined and they shall rebuild the old ruins they shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations they shall rebuild the old ruins God loves to restore ruins. He wants to use his people to restore and rebuild things that are broken down and ruined under the empowerment of the Spirit and the ministry of the Messiah. God's people will be rebuilders. After sin, I will take you and toss you, twist and turn you and batter you and make you over God power the Messiah will rebuild you and you will become rebuilders of other men the desolations of many generations even if the rubble has stood for many generations God can still use God can still use you he can still use his people to rebuild. A beautiful example, partial fulfillment of this Nehemiah who took the decades old rubble of Jerusalem's walls and rebuilt the walls. And listen to this, hear this. 
God's people will be set apart to serve the Lord. Yes, after he rebelled you. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. In their glory you shall boast in all what they have. It is set up for us. And we shall boast in their glory. And then you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the servants of our God. God's people under the anointing of the Spirit and the ministry of the Messiah have a holy occupation. Yes, we do. They are priests of the Lord and servants of our God. God provides others to take care of the flocks and to be your plowmen and your vine and your vine dressers. God's people will rejoice as God's great blessing Instead of your shame, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Instead of your shame, listen, brothers and sisters, instead of your shame that you have been through for all these time and all these years, being battered and spat upon, insulted, instead of your shame, what a change under the anointing of the Spirit and the ministry of the Messiah. No more shame now. No more shame. You shall have double honor. No more confusion. Now they shall rejoice in their portion. Indeed, everlasting joy shall be theirs. A joy that can never be taken away. Never. There will never be any more shame. He will wipe away the tears from your eyes and, and the joy that can never be taken away. And now, and now, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, and now we have the everlasting covenant, the heart behind the covenant. Listen what he says 
Listen what the Lord says. He, he is the heart behind the covenant. He says, For I, I the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for bond offerings. I will direct their walk in truth. And I will make with them an everlasting covenant. For I, I the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for bond offering. The Lord explains how sacrifices such as a burnt offering can really just amount to robbery if the heart isn't right. Instead, the Lord loves justice, sacrifices alone, and the sacrificial system in itself are not enough. The Lord said, I will direct their walk in truth. And I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Yes, everlasting covenant. God has an alternative to the sacrificial system. As God directs the work and as he makes an everlasting covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ, then his heart, then his heart, will be fulfilled among the people. The covenant brings prominent blessings. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. They are posterity whom the Lord has blessed. This everlasting covenant brings blessing and blessing so prominent that the blessing shall be known among the Gentiles through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, all who see them shall acknowledge them when the Lord has blessed the writer to the Hebrews pronounces a blessing regarding this everlasting covenant. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do, his will, walking in you, what is well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The covenant brings salvation and righteousness. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. 
as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. The Lord said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. The blessed one's joy isn't in the blessing itself, but in the Lord. We must have been reading Philippians 4.4, where Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. The blessed one's joy isn't in the blessed itself, but in the Lord. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, the granting of salvation and righteousness of, to God's people is represented by the picture of clothing them. These are glorious garments. And as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with the jewels, in these are given garments. For he has clothed me, he has covered me, and as the earth brings forth its bud, the blessing of God grows. And it, it's, it, it isn't manufactured, no, but it grows. Even so, the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. The Lord God will cause that to happen. There is a sense in which we can never make something grow. No one can get inside of a seed and turn on the genetic component that makes the seed spring forth. And but, but blessing of life and growth is miraculously within the seed. But we can provide the right environment for the seed to bud, grow, and be fruitful. That's also how we receive and flourish in God's blessing. We can make our we can make our manufacture. You no, know, we can't make or manufacture them, but we can put our hearts and minds in the right environment of faith, fellowship, and obedience to see blessings grow and flourish in the name of Jesus. And my brothers and sisters, we can go inside of the seed to make it grow. It has its own environment from Almighty God. And I pray today that this message brings you something new. I pray that you will give Christ a chance in your life that he can manifest his spirit in your life and you will be able to grow in him as he grow in you through the Holy Spirit. 
through the Holy Spirit. It says, it is the year of the Lord's favor when he can have you grow. For he said, the Spirit of the, of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim God's good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the posterity, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. God bless you. May God richly bless you. I pray that you, the Lord, bless you with a wonderful Christmas. Remember to keep Christ in Christmas in the name of Jesus. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus, God be with you. Thank you, BBS Radio, for allowing me to come to minister this word. I pray that the Lord bless you, richly bless you. BBS Radio and give them prosperity in Jesus' name. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Amen and Amen. Amen.